Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Hallelujah. Isn't God good to us? Every single day, His mercy renews itself to us, and we're so thankful. Come on, let's give our worship team a big hand. Hallelujah. So thankful for all you guys. This amazing time in the presence of the Lord. Well, the Lord's laid a, a message in my heart, um, and I've entitled it, It's Time to Go Fishing. I drive, you know, you may have receipts, but I'm going to put this thing on. It's, uh, I feel like the Lord spoke to me to do it. Wear fishing clothes. I thought about wearing my waders, but um, it would be a lot hotter. And there's like fish guts on them from last year. Well, you know, it dries up in the sun, and you know how it is. If you're online, so sorry you had to hear that, but it's a reality sometimes. But it's fishing time. It's time to go fishing. Amen? And, um, you know, I put like little things here. I don't really fish like fly fishing. I try, and I'll keep on trying, but um, I had this vest that my wife got me, and I figured, you know, that's a lot better than the Long John Silver's outfit. Can you imagine? <laughs> I couldn't. Praise the Lord. But if you'd open your Bibles with me, Matthew 16, 24 through 27, it is time to go fishing. Hallelujah. And we're not talking about salmon. I'm not talking about hooligan. I'm not talking about sheafish. I'm not talking about king crab. Praise Jesus. I'm talking about fishing for souls. There's one purpose that we have on the earth as believers that is not just to be blessed and have no problems. That is not our purpose on the earth. But it is to expand the kingdom of God and it is to reconcile humanity back to God. Once you've been reconciled, you have a new purpose that is to reconcile others to the Lord. And we're going to be touching on that. So if you're there, if you would stand with me for the honoring of the Lord's word. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 27. You know, I did not ask my wife what she thought about my fishing vest, because I'm pretty sure she would have said, don't do it. But I feel like the Lord spoke me to do it, so praise Jesus. It's far better to obey the Lord than men. <laughs> Matthew 16, 24 through 27 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will find it. For what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world yet loses his life? Or what will anyone give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will reward each according to what he has done. So, Father, I pray you speak to us tonight. We open our hearts. Come on, say, I open my heart. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us, lead us, guide us. Open our understanding to see and give us spiritual insight into our lives, into the way we do things, that we may follow you closer. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat. So it's, it's an amazing time that we're in, and we are so close to the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's, a, he's not, you know, he went, but he said in the same way that he saw him go, he's going to return. Ladies and gentlemen, 
children, and everyone else, this earth is not it. The Bible says that the skies will roll up one day. Everything is going to be remade. There will be a new heavens and a new earth. And let me tell you, if you're not a child of God, not according to our own definition, but according to God's definition, if you are not reconciled with God, you need to change that. Amen? Because he says, all those who rejected him will be, what, cast out into utter darkness where there is um, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Not good deal. You know, and I've never heard so much in my life people asking and wondering about what to do next in their calling. Now, how do I take the next step? What do I do? I know someone spoke to me literally right before we started. You know, I, mean, I wanted to talk to you, you know, what is the next step? How did you take the next step? Not that I'm some expert or anything, but I think I preach a lot on that here. Praise Jesus. Because we're all called, every single one of you. There's no such thing as lay believers. That is a lie. Amen. We're all, can I get a better amen? There's no such thing as lay believers. We all have a purpose. You know, Adam, while he calls us, I skipped the point. The beautiful thing about God is that when he calls us, he don't give you an itinerary. Jesus said, come and follow me. He doesn't give you a step-by-step of where you're going to go. All he says is, follow me. Walk behind me. Do what you saw me do. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Raise the dead. Feed the hungry. Be the light in darkness. Don't run away from it. Amen? That doesn't mean that you go minister in the bars if you're, you know, a recovery alcoholic. No. Amen? Praise the Lord. Don't do that. That is dumb. You know, God doesn't run a burger joint. You don't get it your way. We don't get to do what we want in the kingdom of the Lord. I'm smiling back. My wife said I have, like, really bushy eyebrows, and she says, you know, you look really angry sometimes. So smile. I'm like, okay, honey. I'm not mad, but it's so important that we understand that. It is not our way. It is not about you. It is not about me. Come on, say it with me. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Anything that we do that we want to, you know, that is pushing us, God is not going to bless. But everything that we do, denying ourselves, following him, that he would be lifted up, he blesses, and he gives increase to that. You know, ever since God created, when God created Adam, he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. I'm sorry, you know, a lot of times you hear, you know, the bears were here first, the moose were here first. No, 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 that's not how it is. God created the earth, you know, and gave man dominion. So any bear that is in the land, any moose that is in the land, any, you know, reptilian, is actually, they're on our territory. They're on humanity's territory. And just while we're on the subject, there's no such thing as Mother Earth. Mother Earth is a demon. It's Father God, creator of heavens and earth. Don't, don't, don't worship the earth. We don't worship the earth. However, we are stewards of the earth. And the Bible says that God will judge those who destroy his creation. So praise the Lord. Be wise in how you, you uh, steward the earth that the Lord entrusted to us. You know, Adam, he said, told Adam, be fruitful, multiply, you know, 
have lots of children. You think Adam maybe asked God, God, how many kids should I have? Two and a half, three? No. Fill the earth, Adam. You don't, we don't get an itinerary all the time. We don't get a step-by-step. If you look at the life of Abraham, same thing. Genesis 12:1. the Lord said to Abraham, go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So God tells Abraham, leave your support group, leave all of your comfort, leave all of your safety, and go somewhere that I'm still going to show you. I'm not going to tell you where it is right now. Just leave. What is God calling you to do? It's like the word that Adam or that Abraham, Abraham, Abram, he wasn't Abraham yet, Abram got was just, I'm not going to tell you where you're going. I'm just telling you where you can't stay. you got to leave where you are right now. And so a lot of times we get that word from the Lord. Leave where you are right now. And we take steps of faith. Joseph, the same thing, Genesis 37, 7. He has the dream where symbolically his whole family is bowing down to him. Right? He had just gotten the, the coat of many colors. Then he had the dream. And it was, you know, everything was going to be amazing. You know, it's Joseph. He's, you know, everything is going to go his way. And then he gets sold into slavery. That is not how I planned things, Joseph said, I think, at one point. So God calls us, and he will lead us, but there is no itinerary. You can't, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to wait for this to happen or that to happen. With it. No, it is not our way. It is God's way. He said, deny yourself and follow after me. That means that we need to crucify our flesh, our wants, our desires, what we think. We need to put it at the altar, throw it at the feet of Jesus, and submit to him and walk by faith and not by sight. You guys okay? Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, man, I wish you, you could see yourselves. It's like, there is no itinerary. God will show us the next step when we're ready. If he hasn't shown you the next step, do what you're doing now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Matthew 4, 19 and 20 says, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Follow me and I will teach you to be fishers of men, another place says. What does that mean? Are we going to like round up people in nets? What, I mean, what were they thinking what was their mind set in order to just drop what they were doing and follow Jesus? It's powerful. That's the walk of faith. The call of God is a walk of faith. God holds the itinerary. We don't. It's like, you know, my children, when we're going somewhere, you can't tell them we're going somewhere because that's it. Then, you know, it's the, the everlasting, everlasting, incessant questioning. When are we going? When are we leaving? What time are we going to leave? Soon. Are we leaving yet? No. When are we going to go? No. And that's us sometimes. We want to know, God, what do you have in store for me? I'm going to make you a great preacher. I'm going to have a great impact on the earth in the kingdom of God. And we want to know when God, when God, when God, when God, when God. Hold the phone. God is in control. He's going to lead you when you're ready. You know, it's a walk of faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 11 says, For we know that if our earthly tent we live 
that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, he's talking about our body. We have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. That means that you are not a passing being. You are not a body, right? You are a spirit with a body, and you're going to live forever, not in the same form. We're going to have a glorified body. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be taller, you know, and, 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 and buff, like, like pastor says, shredded, right? Our spirit man is not, now we're, hallelujah, praise Jesus. I was like, that shirt was not that tight when I put it on, praise Jesus. Indeed, we groan in this tent, the apostle Paul is saying, desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling. We're yearning for something more. You ever notice that? We yearn for something more. We yearn for, to be released in a sense, to live fully aware, to live fully in the presence of the Lord. There's a hungering that is a thirst. When we're sick, we don't want to be sick. We want to be healed, full of vitality, full of strength. Anybody ever, you know, want to be just no energy and, and sickly? No. Why is that? Because we yearn to be who God created us to be. And there is no sickness in the spirit. There is no sickness in heaven, which is, you know, not one day when you get there. It's in the spirit realm. On earth as it is in heaven. And in verse 4 he says, Indeed, we groan while we are in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed, so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. He's saying, no, it's not that we want to die. We just want to be enveloped by the life of God. We just want to be enveloped by the power of God, by the presence of God, fully, continually, without any veil. That is what he's saying. And he says, now the one who prepared us for this purpose is God. That's why you were created. That's why I was created. Who gave us the spirit as a down payment. Hallelujah. So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So he's saying, no, I'd rather be with the Lord, but we're here for now. But we have the Spirit of God that is a deposit, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, abides on the inside of us and will quicken our mortal body. Hallelujah. What does that mean? We have supernatural strength. We have supernatural ability. We have supernatural wisdom that comes from the presence of the Lord. If you will submit to him and walk by the Spirit, if you will walk by faith and not by sight, there is nothing that is impossible to you. There is nothing that is impossible to me. You know, there's a concept in the world that talks about lids and ceilings where, you know, you get to a place and, you know, you just can't grow anymore. That is baloney. That is true in the flesh. If you stay in the flesh, that is what you're going to experience. You know, my daddy was, you know, a uh, whatever, you know, didn't go really anywhere. I'm not going to go anywhere. My children's not going to go anywhere. No, that is not true. My dad's ceiling was my floor. My son's floor will be my ceiling. Because we are called to go from glory to glory, to grow in the presence of the Lord, to grow in the things of the Lord. Because God did not call us just to lead a life group, that will go, although that is where you begin. God called us to disciple nations. How many of you have a, you know, a prime minister on your, on your contact list right now? I don't. I'm not like, you know, 
like one finger over there, there's three pointing this way. And it went to, the, to heaven. Lord, help us. <laughs> right? We're called to disciple nations. We're not to be limited by things of the earth. Only those things we allow to limit us will limit us. But we can do far above, beyond, exceedingly what we can think or imagine God will do for and in through us. And he says, therefore, where, where, whether we are at home, 2 Corinthians 5, 9, at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to him. You must please the Lord in everything you do. For we must all appear before the judgment, judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade people. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your consciences. So he's saying, you know, all of my life I want to persuade someone to follow Jesus. I want to reconcile them to the Lord. So looking at our text, Jesus had just finished asking the disciples, you know, that, that all these miracles, they're in an intimate moment together, and he asked the disciples, you know, who are people talking about me? What are they saying about me? And they told him, oh, someone said you're Elijah. That's like interesting because you don't dress like Elijah did. Somebody said, oh, you're John the Baptist. I'm like, he's my cousin. You know, he's, we knew John. And other people are a prophet. And then he asked him, who do you say that I am? Who is Jesus in your life? There's a song I heard a while back. It says, Jesus wasn't a hippie picking lilies with his friends. Right? He's not long hair. Hey, man, just love and peace. That's not who Jesus is. He's not just a great teacher. He's not just a great philosopher. Jesus is God. Is he God of your life? Is he God of my life? Is a question we need to ask ourselves because that is going to determine very much how we live our lives. Because if you follow a teacher, it's way different than following God. And Jesus had just asked and they told him, in Matthew 16, 16, Peter says, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And he says, yes, the Lord has revealed that to you. My Father has revealed that to you. And he talks about building the church. And Peter, later on in life, in, second, in 1 Peter 2, 4 through 9, he talks about that. That Jesus is building up his church, not the building, right? But obviously buildings are part of church. So you can't say, you know, we don't need a building. No, we do. Hello, <laughs> How many enjoy the bathroom lines? Praise Jesus. That's why we're building a building. Let's finish it quickly. Yeah. Hallelujah. See, praise the Lord. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just as you come to him, a living stone, 1 Peter 2, 4. Peter is expanding what Jesus said in Matthew, that, that he's building the church. On this rock, I'm building the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of, of the living God. And so as we come to him, a living stone rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see, I lay a stone in Zion, chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. 
Because you're denying yourself. It's not about you. How can you be ashamed if it's not about you? It's about Jesus. So when you tell somebody about Jesus, they don't care, and they, you know, they cuss you out. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus, and you know that. You're not going to be ashamed. Like, all right. Shake the dust off your feet. Go to the next one. You're not going to be offended at the pastor when he tells you that it's not your way. Suck it up, buttercup. Follow Jesus. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. You're not going to be offended at the pastor because you're aware that it's not about you. It's about Jesus. You're not going to be ashamed. You're going to follow him without any reservation because you are living a life that is not for you. It is not about you. It is not about your desires. It is not about my wants. It is not about who I am, who God called me to be. <laughs> right? So, you know, it's like, are you trying to follow Jesus or are you trying to become the next superstar? So honor will come to you when you, to you who believe. But for, unbe for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone and a stone to stumble over, and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobeyed the word. They were destined for this. He's talking about the Jews that rejected Jesus. They were supposed to be, you know, they, they brought the word of God. They were, you know, the Apostle Paul talks about, you know, if their disobedience has brought so much blessing to us, imagine if the Jews have obeyed. Wow, how much more awesome would it be? He says, but you are a chosen race. Come on, say with me, I'm a chosen race. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we're called for a purpose, to proclaim the light of God in darkness. And Jesus is the cornerstone. And we are also a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. He has given us authority, authority to bind and to loose and to do what he's called us to do on the earth. Right? We're not frail people. You're not a weak person. The devil has tried to lie to you and gotten you to believe that you're downtrodden, that your life ain't going to change, that you got no hope. That is a lie. You are the most powerful being on the earth. Humanity is the most powerful being on the earth if we are connected to the Lord. Not for our own purposes. That is witchcraft. If you want to get powerful so you can control people, that is witchcraft. You need to repent because that will lead you to darkness and nailing and wailing and gnash, gnashing of teeth. Amen. But we, have, we are powerful in the Lord. For what? For the pulling down of strongholds. For the breaking lies in people's lives. Or, or lies in the lives of people that believe hell. The, the lie of hell. That are bound in their own thinking. Bound. Saying that, you know, because I'm black. Because I'm brown. Because I'm Latino. Because this. Because that. Because they said it. He said it. She said it. Whoever said it. I can't do anything. That is baloney. You are only hindered by what you believe about yourself, first and foremost, who God is, and then about yourself. I am what they call a sociological anomaly. I'm an immigrant. I'm Latino. I have, you know, I didn't have anything that, you know, I didn't have the privilege 
which is also a bunch of crap. Okay, so what does it matter that some people had both parents, they, had, they went to school, went to college? How is that going to change your life? Nobody's taking anything from you. Nobody took nothing from me because I wasn't born in the United States of America. As a matter of fact, we were welcomed with open arms. We are blessed for being in this nation. I am proud to be an American. I have no ill thought towards white people, black people, brown people, none of that. We are blessed. I am blessed to be an American. What does it matter that I didn't speak English? What does it matter that and blah, 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 and you can go on and on and on. That is not going to change anything that you need to learn English. You want to communicate? Learn English. You want to move, you want to grow in life. You need to put away all the hindrances, all the things that society wants to put on you. Oh, you're, you know, you're too, you're too dark to be, you know, that. You're too this, you're too that. That's not true. It's what only what you believe. And you have to break through those barriers and you do it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Because when you know who you are in Christ, you are unstoppable. And you offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. You will realize that I am a royal priesthood. Amen? I may not be white in America, but I'm white in Brazil or whatever. It was so confusing growing up. Because like I'd ask my mom, mom, you know, at school, I'm like, you know, you're not white. You're, you know, you're Latino. I'm like, okay. And then I go, Mom, am I white? Yes. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. <laughs> but none of that matters. None of that matters. You must overcome whatever the devils try to hinder in your life. It's time to go fishing, people. It's time to follow after the Lord and go fishing for souls. Go fishing for those who are lost, who are broken. You can always offer hope to someone. You know that there was a study that they did in uh, rats, and they put them in a, uh, in a whirlpool kind of deal and put them to swim, and they would swim. And right before they drowned, I think they swam for like, I don't know, 20 hours or something like that, just trying to stay alive. And when they were getting tired, you know, they would... Um, now, I don't condone this study, and I'm not sure the outcome of all the rats. But um, the rats that would swim, you know, and right before they drowned were rescued, were lifted off the water, and were let dry, and then put back in the water. They would, I mean, not like for a whole lot of time. They would just be lifted up and, you know, taken out of the water, dried off a little bit, and then put back in the water. They would swim for 60 hours more. After swimming for that much, why is that? Because they were inserted with hope. Isn't that amazing? How much more can you accomplish when the hope of glory, Jesus Christ, is in our lives? It's time to go fishing. Well, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know how to talk to people. Learn. I mean, I'm, I'm awkward sometimes. Seriously, like, you know, some of the things I said, it's like, oh, foot and mouth guy. You know, and it's just like, it happens. You just learn. You know, there's a book out there. Um, it's how to, oh, 
how to gain friends and influence people. I forget. Yes, that one. And it's, you know, it just tells you. Instead of telling somebody sometimes right away, like, hey, you know, your, your, your company's terrible. You know, why don't you like, hey, you know, I really appreciate what you've done. How about you do this this way? There are other ways of community. You can learn. You can grow. You don't have to be who you are. You don't have to stay crooked in the sense of, you know, that's who I am. I don't change. No, change. Men, <laughs> take showers. Praise Jesus. Not that you don't, but, you know, sometimes there's like a whole machismo thing and all this stuff, and I don't agree with that. Let's move on. It's time to go fishing. It's time to fish for souls, to put away all those things that hinder us from being who God called us to, do, to be and follow fully after him. We are called to offer spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. Romans 12 Mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A sacrifice doesn't get to choose how they're sacrificed. <laughs> you submit to the process of the Lord. You give up your own, your, you give up your rights. You give up your, your, you deny yourself and you follow after the Lord. And it says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You want to discern the perfect, pleasing will of God, you need to be not conformed to this age. Well, you know, the federal government says that in order to be successful, you need to have a job and a big house and two cars. That is not God's definition of success. Do not be conformed to the world. And I know the federal government doesn't say that, but TV says that, right? You got to have, you got to look this way, not that way. This is in, now that is in, right? Bell bottoms are the next fad that's going to come out. You know, the, the ripped jeans, it's going to be ripped jeans, bell bottoms. <laughs> oh, man, I should have taken some pictures from up here. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. And he says in verse 3, For the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed, distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of another. According to the grace given us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation, in giving, with generosity, leading, with diligence, showing mercy, with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. We're all called for a purpose. Like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, I want to know what my purpose is. What is your calling? And you're God, and we try to find out, and people want to know, you know, what is the next step? What are you doing now? What has God put you to do now? Well, I don't do nothing. I just, you know, I just soak in the presence of the Lord. No, get moving, you lazy thing. <laughs> It's try to get moving. It's try to move forward. Your rest is not in this world. Hallelujah. Isn't that encouraging? 
God has called us for every, all every single one of us has a purpose. Not everyone has supposed to be in pulpit ministry. Preaching from the pulpit, that is. But if you're a believer, you're supposed to be witnessing to people. Sharing your faith. Sharing what God has done for you. He says, therefore, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 19, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and see, the new has come. Everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What is reconciliation? Is bringing two parties together and making them fit. The only way, you know, it's not by works. So the only way you can make people fit with God is through Jesus Christ. The sacrifice, you receive righteousness from Christ. Hallelujah. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Did you know that? Whether we're pastors or mayors or janitors, we do it unto the Lord. You want to find out what the next step is? Begin to do what you're doing now as unto the Lord. Not for the pastor. So when the pastor is here, like, oh, man, I'm not going to do that. When the boss is not there, party. Let's go play ping pong instead of doing what we're supposed to do. If you're unfaithful with little, if you can't be trusted with earthly wealth, the Bible says, you think God is going to entrust real wealth to you? Souls of people? You spend more than you make regularly, <laughs> praise the Lord. You don't have control of yourself, impulse buying and things you don't need and all that stuff. And you want to be the next Billy Graham? We're called for a purpose, to deny ourselves and follow after the Lord. So many are hindered because they get a prophetic word of what God will do. And they're wondering when it's going to happen. When is it going to happen? When am I going to become the next Billy Graham? When is that going to happen? Learn how to do what you're doing now faithfully. Do it as unto the Lord. But I'm the janitor. I know. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with being a janitor. You're learning. You're growing. You don't have character built in. You're being built in character. Man, I got to scrub the toilets every single day. I know. Do it diligently, do it with joy, do it unto the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Imagine if Jesus were going to walk into this stall, how, did you want it, how would you want it to look? And do it like that. There's a process for you to get to the fullness of the calling that God has in your life. And you must submit to the Lord. You must deny yourself, submit to the Lord. If you recall to be a preacher, you're not, God is not going to put you necessarily right away unless you can be trustworthy, unless you're faithful. But we grow in the process. We grow in what God has called us. Before Abraham became the father of many nations with Sarah, there was a process. Follow me. He didn't tell him, I'm going to make you a great nation. He says, Come, follow me. Leave your family. Follow me. I'll make a great nation. He did. Never mind. Follow me. Are you taking the first steps first? You want to know what is the next step? Do what you're doing now faithfully as unto the Lord. And he will open more doors for you. Joseph. 
had a dream. God was going to use him to save the entire world, to save his family. But the boy was not humble. You either humble yourself or you are humiliated in God's process until you learn how to walk in humility. One of the best ways to teach us how to be humble is by being humiliated. So if you want to, you can either walk humbly or be humiliated. Jesus told the disciples, when you go into a party, don't sit in the first rows. Don't sit in the best seats. Sit in the last seats in the, you know, where no one is going to kick you out of it. Because if you sit in the seat of honor and someone comes and says, hey, that seat is not for you. They're going to say it in front of everyone and everyone is going to see you get up and go to another seat. Right? But it says, but if you sit in a seat, you know, that, that is not the seat of honor and the master of the, the feast sees you like, hey, come and sit over here. You will be honored in front of everyone and you will be elevated. Because they say, oh, you know, they're the honored guest has arrived. Jesus, the Bible, the Lord teaches us that through the word of God. Right? Oh, I'm going to try to, you know, get that first spot. That, no. Humble yourself. Deny yourself. Follow after the Lord. He is speaking to us. He will do what he said he will do without fail. If he said he's going to bless you, he's going to raise you up, he's going to do this, he's going to use you in a certain way, he's going to do it. He's working on you. He's molding on you. Can you come and play, please? So instead of complaining about not being where you think you should be, humble yourself, submit to God, and let him exalt you. Let him build you up. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Because he said, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will find it. God is trying to see, All right, am I, can I trust you? God is asking, can I trust you? Are you trustworthy? Yes, Lord. No. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. How do you know if you're trustworthy? If you're trustworthy. How do you find out? You're tested. You're proved. You're checked. Can you be, can you be faithful with a little thing? Can you be faithful with making sure that the bathroom is clean? That'll mold you. That'll change you because you hate doing it. Ivan Tate. How many of you guys remember Ivan Tate? Look to your neighbor and tell him, give me 20 bucks. <laughs> that guy. Um, he, he was saying he used to clean the bathroom and he hated it. And he would first go, he was like, oh, these people are going to come in here. You know, he shared this. It's on video, so I'm not stealing his testimony. He goes, oh, you know, these people coming in here. You know, oh, how can they do that? Are they even Christians? How can they live it like this? And then he did it for three years because he didn't learn quick enough. He didn't learn how to do it out of love, how to do it in joy, how to submit, how to deny himself. Praise the Lord. Just flush it, clean it, go. Next. Thank you, Jesus. And he began to pray over the stalls. He shares this and pray of like, Lord, bless the people. And when they sit here, they would not be so sick and different things. You know, and when he learned his lesson, the Lord released him to the next step. 
when you learn what, where you are in the place you are right now because God is trying to put something in you because when you get to the next step, you're going to need to know what God is trying to teach you right now. But if you're, if you're stubborn, if you are stiff-necked and you don't want to submit, it's all about you and no one else. You will not learn and you get to go around the mountain. What does that mean? I'm like, who goes around mountains? In Alaska we do, but, you know, anyway. Like, what does that mean? That means that when you don't learn what God is trying to teach you, you're going to go through that same lesson. And God is a gracious God. He's going to teach you again. Okay, let's go through that one more time. Oh, did he learn? Okay, let's do it one more time. And listen, God is not codependent. You know, you're his favorite, but he's not, you know, going to be like, okay, I'm going to, Let's just go. Because when you get over here, you're going to blow up and you're going to kill a whole lot of people. And then you're going to do what Satan did. Like, yeah, I'm going to take over the whole thing. Not me. Oh, no. You know, your heart is dark and and it's wicked unless it's fully submitted to the Lord. Walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Submit to the Lord. Follow after Him. Deny yourself and you will not do stupid stuff. You must sow your life as a seed. You put it in the ground and you die to yourself. Seeds, they seem insignificant. They look insignificant. But it will produce trees that give fruit, that give shade, that are so useful. So where you are right now, is where God is going to take you. This is that. Come on, say with me. This is that. God is going to use you. You're going to be a mighty pastor of millions of people. This is that. Where you are right now is God is training you for the next step. The question is, are you being trained? Or are you pouting and throwing the temper, temper tantrum? It's not my way. That's not how I do it. I'm not going to do what Pastor Daniel wants me to do. I'm not going to lead this life, life group. I should be leading 10 life groups. Really? I don't like how he does it. If God has called you here, then you need to submit. And this is one of the most amazing churches where the whole goal is to equip you fully and then put you in a cannon and slide it and shoot you out so you can replicate what you see here and get souls saved. Why are we open when everyone is fishing? Because souls matter. Because you were going to be here tonight and you are important. There are people watching online. You are important. We never close a service. Never. We had somebody say, you know, why don't you guys just close and go, you know. No. This is too important. The little things you do are so important. Luke 16, 16, 10, whoever is faithful in little will be faithful in much. And whoever is unrighteous in little will also be unrighteous in much. If you have not been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with what is genuine? Genuine what? Wealth. Money is not wealth. Money just is able, you know, is a, a way you can get things done, but it's not true wealth. You're so prospering where you lack nothing, literally nothing. One of the most amazing things I've ever heard my wife say is like, 
she had revelation and she said, I don't depend on my husband for happiness. I don't depend on my husband for happiness. My wife is amazing. I love her so much. I miss her. And you know what that did for me? It's like, oh, thank God. Because how many know I'm going to screw up? I mean, I don't mean like sin against her and, and, or anything like that. I mean, I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do everything right to make her happy all the time. When you are fully rooted in Christ, fully rooted in God, and you walk denying yourself, people can't steal your happiness. Why is that? Because it comes from the Lord. Your joy comes from the Lord. If it comes from the Lord. How can somebody steal it if they didn't give it to you? How can I make her happy, you know, if I'm, you know, if her happiness comes from the Lord, her joy comes from the Lord? I add on to it, praise God, she likes me, and I like her, and it's good. God will prove your heart before you launch out. You gotta be walked by faith and committed. If God has put you here, you need to submit to the process that we have in the house. Follow after, talk to, talk to our leaders, look for, look for our ministers. There's a card in front of you. Why is it that we talk about that so much? Because you are supposed to be reconciling people unto the Lord. We have, our goal is to have millions of people serving Jesus until the rapture, until the, you know, or we die and go with the Lord or he comes back, pan-trip, pre-trip, post-trip, Whatever your choice may be, follow after the Lord. God will not usually, very rarely will he show someone their lives if they can be trustworthy to be quiet and be faithful to the process. Very rarely that happens. He'll show you step by step. Some people are afraid to commit in case something else comes, you know, gets better, comes along. Like, oh, you know, hey, you want to go? Like, oh, no, you know, I'm just waiting. Hey, can you serve in the usher team, which is an extension of the pastor's hand in the congregation? Like, oh, no, you know, like, I may get a call from the security team. Or I may get a call from, why don't you just do what the Lord is calling you to do? What is the, just start somewhere. God will shift you around. But you must submit. This is your house. If this is your church, you must submit. Submit to the, grow through the growth process. Do the, do everything you got to do. If God has called you here, submit and he will raise you up. You know, when I, when we came into the church, I was like, okay, I got to serve. I got to serve. And I began serving, you know, away from the church because I didn't want to do this anymore. I didn't want to do this anymore. I, I'm like, I'm going to go outside the the actual church, you know, and then serve Jesus, it's going to be awesome. Nobody's going to see me, and it's going to be amazing. The Lord tricked me. So you don't worry necessarily about, you know, but I want to be. No, forget what you want to be. Be who God called you to be. Do what God has called you to do now. Well, how do I know what God is calling me to do? Are you kidding me? Brothers, kids ministry has come to you 15 times. Hey, would you ever, you know, if come and, you know, we have our 
our training class, you know, God love to use you in that respect. Brother Usher team, hey, hey, you know, can you help me? Like, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just here to soak right now. No. We're here to fire each other up. We are to stir one another up to good works. Spiritual cattle prods. Equip you for the work of ministry. You're not meant to be seated in a seat. And we have seasoned our lives that we go through of how God uses it of what we do. Yeah, but I wouldn't be a singer. Well, if you can sing, praise the Lord. But if you can't sing, you know, there's other things you can do. You can learn the sound. Deny yourself. And I remember, you know, I had this concept. And the reason I talk about it so much, it was so powerful. I was like, God, all I'm doing as, you know, part of the usher team is passing out envelopes. Like, what about all the promises you made me, Jesus? Thank God that God is merciful to us, right? And he said, why don't you just do what you're doing now like you had nothing else to do? I was driving by the property. The barn was still there. That blue, beautiful, that baby blue barn, beautiful. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a huge church one day. Jesus, what are you calling me to do? Like, just do what you're doing now faithfully. Love it. Love your people. And I had that section over there. And the only reason I didn't throw, like, envelopes behind my back is because I didn't want to poke somebody in the eye. But I wanted to be like the penis guys. You know, it's like, they catch it. Why is that? Because I, it, it changed my perspective. The Lord changed how I saw things. And I began to minister to people in that way. And then it was, it was awesome. We were like a little fan section. And, you know, it's like we were like at a stage. It was fun. And I changed my perspective. I'm like, man, I can do this for the rest of my life. And then I began seeking after the Lord, fasting and praying, God, you've, really, you've called me to ministry I'm here, do whatever you want to do, make a way for me. It was actually when my uncle be, got sick with cancer. Four years ago, he passed away a couple of years ago. But the first time he was going through the battle, and I, when I heard how sick he was, I'm like, man, he's not that much older than me. What am I doing with my life? I'm working, you know, I have a decent job, but I'm just surviving. We're not called to survive. We're called to be a holy nation, a priesthood, to bring change unto the earth. It is not by our way, it is by the ways of the Lord. And I began to seek after the Lord and he began to work in me. Why don't you just begin to pastor at work instead of being a jerk and thinking everybody else is your problem? Maybe it's your attitude that is thinking and you need to, you know, get, get out. Sometimes you have stinky attitudes because of wounds that haven't been cleaned that haven't been healed, and you need to get it out. God, if you show yourself faithful, God will bless you. Dr. Morocco talks about Christmas trees in his book, The, the Growing Church. And he says that um, for six years in California as a youth pastor, he used to uh, uh, manage the, the tree lot, and he hated it. So when he moved to, to Honolulu, he was like, thank God, I'm never going to have to do that again. Guess what? A few years later on Maui, the church needed resources, and the Lord spoke to him, open a tree lot. He's like, no, Lord. The Lord said, yes, do it. So all those six years that he did it, 
Even though he hated doing it, God was preparing him, showing him how to do it, making a way, giving him context so that at the right time, the work of God could move forward because he was trained in how to do it and was able to get resources to move forward with the building. What, what you're doing right now, what you're going through right now, unless like you're in disobedience and sin, but if you're submitted to the Lord, what you're doing now is God's plan for your life to train you to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. The quicker you grow, the quicker you seek after God and submit to God, deny yourself and follow Jesus, the quicker he will move you forward. It's not, it's not about being fast. I'm just saying, God is speaking to us. We're all supposed to be fishing. Not literally, necessarily. Yes and no, but I'm talking about for souls. We're all called to be fishers of men. What does that mean? The ministry of reconciliation. Some use, you know, poles, sport fishing with lures. Others use nets. Now, I was talking to Sarah Mitchell up in Bristol Bay in one of our meetings, and she was saying, you know, she put a set net out, and she got like 38 salmon in half an hour, and it was done for the night. I'm like, praise Jesus, right? And then you got the other fishermen that go out and float nets, and you got the dredging, all kinds of fishing. What kind of fishing has God called you to do? But you're a fisherman. What does that mean? I don't get it. Your purpose in here in this house. If you're online, the church where you are, are you committed? Are you moving forward in that? God didn't, he says, on this rock, I will build my church. God didn't call, you know, any, it's not, God uses the church to build his kingdom and nothing else. So God is speaking to us. What you're doing now is preparing for you what you will do one day to walk in. If you sit on the sidelines pouting, waiting for your chance to do what you want to do, that's never going to happen in the kingdom of the Lord because it's God's kingdom. So trust the Lord. Be faithful with, with what he has given you right now. Is it to fold paper sometimes? We have seasons we go through. You know, if you have little children, I remember when we had little kids, we couldn't do what we're doing right now then. We kind of did, but it was crazy. Why is that? Because they require, they, they survive. If we don't feed them, they don't survive. So there are seasons that we go through life. But are you doing what God has called you to do? Let's all stand. And I, I want to pray. Because every single one of you, doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your background, God is calling us up higher. Because he's coming back again. And he's no, accept, no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you're going to do. If you will submit to him, deny yourself. Even your rights, some of your rights, you need to let go. Justice, I want them to pay for, no, let it go. You trust the Lord. Be led by the Spirit of God, not by, by, the, by humanity. Be led by the Spirit of God. Don't be bound. Release forgiveness. You know that as believers, you don't have the right to not forgive? It doesn't mean that whatever happened was right. It just means that you, when you don't forgive, you are holding yourself tied to that thing. Release yourself and move forward and let God bring healing to your life.
But we must deny ourselves and follow after the Lord. Seek God with everything you have. So right now, I want to pray for you. And really, you know, for all of us, we all could be doing something more for the Lord. Amen? And if there's something you could repent of right now, let's just take that moment and ask the Lord, Lord, forgive me for being obstinate, wanting my way. But I want to encourage and invite every single one of us to submit fully to the Lord and to his purpose for our lives, his way, not my own. Come on, say with me. Lord, I submit to your way, not my own. Do in me what you want me to do, whatever necessary to follow after you. I submit to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, let me pray for you. Father, for all of those right now, even in anxiety, in pain, unsure, rest assured in the Lord right now. I break off fear off of those who feel like you've just gone around in circles. Maybe you are. Submit to the process and God will send you to the next level. He will bless you. And I release God's blessing over your life and his goodness. And I break off every wrong pattern of thinking, every assignment of hell, every lie that is in your mind right now. I bring it up and I expose it. And I pray, Holy Ghost, that you would touch every life. And if there's anything in my life, anything in our lives that is hindering you from moving in us, I pray that you show us that we may repent of it in Jesus' name. So just before we close, if you are not right with God, if you're not born again, you must be born again. Maybe watching online. What does that mean? It means that you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And also, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So you don't get your life set up and then you go after God. No, you come to the Lord so he heals you. And the Bible says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's rest that you'll never find except in Jesus. And if you will believe in your heart and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So if there's anyone in here, maybe not online, that you, first and foremost, you're not born again. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You need to do that. Or if secondly, you're not living for God. You're, it's all about you. It's how you want, when you want, what you want. You need to repent and submit to the Lord. Or thirdly, you're unsure. The devil lies to you and tells you you're, not, no, you're nobody, you're going nowhere, and you're not saved. That's a life from hell if you've called the name of the Lord. So if that's any of you, I want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray together. If you're, not, if you're not, I see that hand. God bless you. If you're not born again, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, come on, lift up your hand. We'll pray together, maybe online. I'll leave you on fire, believers. Let's pray together. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, make me brand new. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my Savior. Praise the Lord. Hope you got something tonight. Deny yourself and follow after the Lord. 
Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.